Victor, welcome to the podcast. Victor is Fujitsu General America's Senior Vice President of Operations. But prior to his role here, he was in the U.S. military in the Army, correct? Yes. Okay. So, well, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. And I'm excited to talk to you about your experience in the military and if and how that relates to your role now. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well. But before we get into that, I have to ask you, the question I ask everybody is, what's the coolest thing that's ever happened to you? Besides wife and kids, mm -hmm. um, I think uh, maybe joining the army and jumping out of airplanes. That's um, or explosions, yeah, being as a 12 Bravo, or wow. I, I can continue on. There are so many different things that I think I, I can say, you know what, that is pretty cool to yeah. do. Yeah, well, it's better to have a long list than to have nothing. That is true, that is true. To have a lot to pick from. I've never jumped out of anything, so. I'm sure I you jumped out of a car somewhere. Yeah, I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely stopped, dropped, and rolled before, and <laughs> out of a car. Uh, but no, that's really cool. So, and it's funny because a lot of people do say, um, like, getting married and having kids is the coolest thing that's ever happened to them. But um, which well, I, if, if you have a police officer as a spouse, I think I, I also have to say because I'll probably yeah, get arrested when I get home. That's so. very fair. <laughs> that's very fair. Play your cards right. Um, but it's also nice to hear another side. So Agreed. jumping on a plane is nice and noted. Very cool. And we'll have to do a Fujitsu team jumping out of airplane well, event. It was, uh, I'll call it mandatory. I signed up for <laughs> it. You did it. Um, Instead of our it, 5K, we'll do a... Skydiving. Skydiving trip. Yeah, we lose a lot of yeah. employees real quick. People love to pay to get scared. It's true. So. It's true. People love to be thrilled. I love amusement parks. I love roller coasters. Yeah, I don't know why. Because yeah. I like the thrill. Well, not just you, but just in general. People right. love to pay to be scared. and Yeah. Um, but it's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, okay, so off of that, then what's your background in uh, the Army? How did you get into it? So actually, uh, I'll call it a funny story. I'm sure everyone starts with a funny story. Uh, so 17 years old, I uh, walked into my living room back then. I was living in Queens, uh, Jamaica, Queens, New York. And uh, I walked into the living room, and my twin brother is there with a recruiter. Um, so my uh, real aspirations was to, to become an industrial engineer or an electrical engineer. That's kind of where I wanted to go. I had uh, picked up Hofstra University back then where the Jets used to practice uh, mm. football um, in their preseason. And um, again, my twin brother's there, my identical twin brothers, as you know, uh, was there. And uh, he wanted to join the Army. Mm. Uh, so um, we'd never, we were never separated so everywhere one went the other one went mm -hmm. that's just how twins are uh, so he joined the u.s army i joined the u.s army um he was a supply sergeant and i was a, a, a demolition specialist uh, 12 bravo is, uh, was my mos when i first went in mm -hmm. um i remember my uh drill sergeant saying well if you thought you are coming here as a combat engineer to build bridges and houses you you were mistaken. Uh, mis, uh, misled. Uh, so we, our MRS really was blowing stuff up, mm -hmm. clearing minefields, putting minefields. And you know, we are the only country in the world that actually marks a minefield. Literally, you put a minefield down and you got, you got to 
fence it and right. put little pretty signs that says minefield. Like, hey, there's a minefield here. Watch out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the only country that does that. But anyhow, uh, so that's how I, uh, I joined the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's purely by accident. Um, wow. So there was no no hesitations. You saw that your twin brother is doing. It, you're like, I have to do it. I don't have no choice. Exactly that. Wow. Um, now the <laughs> funny part about it is we didn't join. Well, at least the recruiter, uh, he didn't join us as a buddy system. So I end up in Washington State. He mm-hmm. ends up in Texas. Oh wow. Uh, and the entire six year career in in the U.S. Army, we were never stationed in the same base. Never. So you were split up. Yes. That's sad. But it, sad I, but nice. It, well, it's sad but nice. Um, it, it gave grew. me a different perspective. Yeah. Sometimes you have to separate so you can grow on your own and become and your own that person. that we did. <laughs> that we did. <laughs> Made a few mistakes here or there, but that we did. Yeah. Don't we all? That's really cool. How did your uh, parents feel about it? Um, huh. Just the, the separation is what uh, concerned them the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you two were separated or they were separated yeah, that from that we were separated. Them. Um, okay. But other than that, uh, they knew it was one of those phases we go through. Yeah. Um, you live and learn and become a better person from it. Yeah. So, um, they appreciate it. They were supportive. Right. Because how can you not be? Exactly. I mean, you, yeah. You got you to gotta push your kids, I think, to what with what they want to do to well, their dreams. To I wanted to be an engineer, not necessarily the <laughs> army. <laughs> but again, my twin brother joined and... Yeah, uh, but you didn't have a choice. So you didn't have a choice. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, purely by accident, but it was yeah. a good accident. Yeah. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, in my uh, six years in the in the army, I uh, was... Um, so at 12 Bravo, mm-hmm. it was a demolition specialist. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, learned to uh, make uh, C4, uh, explosion, Bangalore torpedoes, clear minefields. Uh, it was fun. Um, and then I uh, changed my MOS to uh, 19 kilo, which is a tanker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you're talking about shooting uh, an M1A1 uh, main gun tank. Uh, I mean, that was that was fun uh, as a gunner. Mm-hmm. And do you know these tanks and actually go to 60 miles per hour? You know, they, everyone sees them driving by slow yeah. and, and very no. bulky and heavy. Those things can move. I mean, I guess the... The fastest I've seen one go is in like the Transformers movies, where they're like, <laughs> where they're peeling out yes, to get this the is real story stuff. So going. <laughs> it's not the same. They are. They are. That's um, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun. Uh, so how did being in the army impact you personally? Wow, the list is long. Um, so, uh, for example, in the uh, almost six years that I was in the Army, I was in six different bases. Mm. Uh, so I was in um, Fort uh, Lewis, um, Missouri. I even forget the name, but we used mm. to call it Fort Misery. It mm. was cold and wet mm. all the time. Yeah. Um, I was in Fort Knox, Kentucky uh, for MOS change to 19 kilo. And all those that are military probably know what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. if you don't, 19 kilo is just a job name. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we say MOS, it's military occupational specialty. So that's your job. Mm-hmm. Um, did a job change to in, in Fort Knox, Kentucky. I didn't see the goal, so I can't ask uh, answer any questions there. 
uh, I did my airborne in Fort Benning, uh, Georgia. And I was stationed in Fort Stewart, Georgia uh, mm-hmm. as well. And I was stationed in Fort Lewis, Washington State. And the reason why I'm telling you all of this, it, it'll make sense. And I was even stationed in uh, Camp Casey, South Korea. Oh, wow. Uh, so even there. Uh, so adaptability. Yeah. You learned uh, you don't necessarily decide where you want to live. Right. Uh, sometimes you move there because of your job, because of, um, you know, personal reasons, family. Uh, so you learn to adapt. You learned um, to um, accept your surroundings and mm-hmm. become one. So that's one thing that I, I think I learned. And, of course, diversity. I mean, yeah. You work with every uh, ethnicity, every background. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn to work with those people. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've, I've learned through all of these years, especially in the military, you don't always have to like who you work with. Right. But you have to respect and work towards the same common goal. So yeah. That is something I believe in. Yeah, I think that goes that goes for like anything after, right? That's applicable for your, for being in work now in the in a white collar job, blue collar. Right? You have to respect the people that you work with. You should. Exactly, exactly. And one of the the things about especially now in this new world, and, and not to get political or or sensitive about you know sex and race and gender and all of these things. Again, one of the things that you learn is uh, you don't have to like. Mm-hmm. what their choices are uh, and, and again yeah. that's one of the things I learned in the military is uh, there's a common goal let's work towards that yeah you'll never get anywhere anyway by just ripping somebody apart because exactly. you don't agree with them exactly so I mean how often were you moving well it depends um so my, I guess my longest tenure in the military was in Fort Lewis, uh, mm-hmm. Washington State. I was there for two years, and then wow. beyond that, it's two months here, three yeah. months there. Um, then the second longest uh, had to be Fort Stewart, Georgia. That was mm-hmm. 18 months, and um, Camp Casey, uh, that was 13, 14 months. Okay, yeah. So it's not very long. Not very long. So you you don't get to um, acclimate, uh, but you learn to adapt. And, right. And that's one of the flexibilities, I guess, of yeah. having gone through all of that. Yeah. So, and you said, you mentioned diversity too. Just curious, what is your background? I am Dominican. Okay. I am Dominican. Full Dominican. I am full Dominican. Um, so you got along with the Puerto Ricans, even though you didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a war there yeah. if you want to start one. But no. <laughs> it's one of the funny parts about uh, just the different backgrounds and ethnicity, you know, that uh, it's, it's always funny to, to work with another race. Uh, yeah. And, and we say another race, you know, but Puerto Ricans and mm-hmm. Mexicans, although we are all Hispanics, we're all different. Yeah. You know, much like, you know, Japanese and South Koreans mm-hmm. are all different and they, and they think different. Right. Um, but working together, again, towards the same, the same common goal and understanding each other is important. Respecting each other is important. Mm-hmm. How many languages do you know, out of curiosity? Uh, just English just and barely Spanish. Although, although I'm, I'm kidding there, but no, I am fluent <laughs> in both uh, okay. English and Spanish. I uh, wish I could have learned something else, but that, my well, they say if you know, I think if you already know two, it's easier to learn a third. Time I, and dedication for it. Yeah, I don't know who they is, but they say a lot. I'm, I'm they, sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are paid to say. Right? That's true. Um, no, just haven't had the time with um, so much going on. At, 
at my current role um, prior to that moving around yeah. and uh, it hindered um, taking the time to do that. Yeah, it's tough. I was on Duolingo for a little bit trying to learn Spanish because my niece is, well, she's like one. Just half Dominican, right? She's half, yeah, half Dominican. And she's, I think she, I think she speaks mostly Spanish right now or understands mostly Spanish. I don't know how her English is. Um, she doesn't listen to me, so I guess it's not that good. Uh, so I've been trying to learn and, you know, it became like this game that I was playing every day. The app would send me notification, like, get your streak. You got to get you got to you got to keep your streak. And then it was just like, OK, like I'm just like doing it to keep my streak. I don't even know what I'm learning. Well, that's sad. <laughs> that is sad. Yeah. But. But it it's helped people. I will tell you, uh, if you want to learn a, a new language, you have to think in that language. And I know yeah. it sounds silly, right? But it you, know, that you makes have to sense. try to think in Spanish if right. you want to learn it. Because uh, that's that's where it develops yeah. in your brain. Yeah. Um, so think in Spanish. I tried to watch some reality reality TV. Yeah. In Spanish. It didn't, <laughs> didn't go very far. <laughs> well, it's a lot of drama. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it was entertaining. I just didn't... It was like a... I'm sure they're the same shows my uh, in-laws are watching, too, so... Yeah. Um, okay. So, now, you're not in the military anymore. You are working for an HVAC manufacturer. How did you make that transition? Um... So I, I will tell you that um, the transition didn't materialize immediately. I, I got out of the Army, used my GI Bill, um, and uh, got my education mm -hmm. uh, in electrical engineer. Uh, again, I originally I wanted to do industrial. In electrical was sort of the second, uh, so I settled for electrical engineer. I did get my degree. Um, I worked in... Um, in facilities uh, prior to Fujitsu and those New Yorkers as you all know all New Yorkers uh, eventually they want to get out of New York mm -hmm. uh, live right in Queens and usually you have three locations where you want to move out to uh, and that's Long Island too expensive mm -hmm. uh, Staten Island too far mm -hmm. uh, unless you live in the lower you know live and work in the lower Brooklyn uh, area or lower Manhattan and then New Jersey so right. you know my wife and I thought wow let's let's the first two options are a no-no let's, mm -hmm. let's go to New Jersey because it's so uh, cheap cheaper <laughs> yeah. than the yeah. alternatives right. and uh, so I applied and literally, it was uh, the skills translated, but it was a completely different field. Mm -hmm. um, I applied for a, a director of, uh, of services at Fujitsu uh, 16 years ago, and uh, they took a chance. Uh, they loved my uh, presentation. They loved my military background, mm -hmm. and they took a chance. And here I am. So it's one of those another accidental um, yeah. things, good things that happened to me where I came into Fujitsu for a different opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, again, my uh, engineering um, background, my military background all helped in uh, getting me to these to this position and really uh, interviewing with the folks that were uh, leading then. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thank them for taking a chance of, of um, you know, of getting me into Fujitsu and literally uh, it all it all just um, 
I'll call it escalated for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. uh, but all materialized from director of, uh, of services to um, all of the ideas that I had inside uh, about how I can be of service to this company. Uh, so from there on, uh, ideas of tech services and training, uh, training uh, presentations, uh, mm-hmm. lab, uh, hands-on training, uh, to where I am today uh, as the senior VP of Fujitsu, um, leading tech services, training, product management, um, IT, uh warehouse logistics. And one of the things that I will tell you is uh, that uh, really has helped me uh, is education. Mm. And so, well, your degree is in engineering, electrical engineer. Education doesn't stop with your degree. Mm. Um, So if if there is a challenge, and generally I volunteer, I don't know how to do that, but I can go get some training and I can tell you and I can help you in that. And that's one of the things that this company has afforded me, Mm -hmm. uh, Fujitsu has afforded me, is that if there is a problem, they need help, I will always raise my hand. I will go get those training, those accolades, Mm -hmm. and then do the job. Yeah. Uh, and that has helped me. So through operations, uh, uh, earned some certifications, um, earned some trainings uh, through IT, of course, working with a good team, learn IT, learn information technology, learn about ERPs and mm-hmm. uh, all these enterprise solutions that are out there. Um, to product management, uh, one of the beautiful things about Fujitsu uh, is that Fujitsu was small when I first came in, and we grew together. Mm-hmm. My knowledge grew with the company, yeah. and of course, my um, my personal growth also uh, was obtained through all of these years yeah. of Fujitsu. Yeah. So it's been very, very uh, rewarding uh, yeah. every step of the way. That reminds me, um, I think, it, I'm pretty sure it was Bob Ross who said, talent is an interest pursued. So, and that just reminded me of what you, when you were saying that, like you might not know something, but you can learn it. And like nothing, I mean, I always thought that talent was something that you were good at naturally and that you didn't have to really try. But it's really like anything you're interested in and you have that drive to to learn it and to get better, you can. I agree. Uh, one of the issues uh, that most people have, I think, <clears throat> is that they want to learn it, uh, but they don't try. Or right. they want that opportunity, but they, I'll call it, block themselves from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone wants to be in operations. Well, I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the training. Well, then go get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember prior to Fujitsu, uh, someone said, oh, well, to lead HVAC technicians, uh, you need your certification. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm an engineer. Right. Uh, I went and got the certification. Mm. It's that simple. And you know, there are yeah. some, uh, I'll call it, you know, some engineers that think, well, because I'm an engineer, I can do anything. Yeah. Uh, but there are some things that are outside, are outside of your um, expertise. Mm-hmm. And it isn't uh, beneath you to go and get those trainings, go get more experience. It broadens your, ex- your knowledge and, of course, makes you better. Right. That's one of the things that I've heard a lot in this industry is that ego can be an issue when it comes to learning uh, or refining your craft. And so I think that's a really good point that um, 
knowledge doesn't stop and you're never like you're never going to arrive, especially because we live in a society or culture where think, oh, there's always something new. There's always going to be something new to learn. So exactly. As they say, never not learning. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Out of all of the, the positions or departments that I manage, uh, I guarantee you that I've gone out to earn some knowledge in mm-hmm. that. Uh, Transportation again, uh, from where I was to where I am now, I knew that I had to learn transportation and what carriers are, what a three PL even mean. Mm. Uh, there are a lot of uh, things that uh, I did over the years to get me to where I am, and it all started with continual ed- education. Yeah, go out there, learn something that will empower you and help you towards your goal. Right. If you want to be in IT, well, of course, you have to learn cybersecurity or learn um, information technology. All of the all of that is is sort of broad mm-hmm. and vague. It's it's about learning that new skill. Yeah. Um, don't hold yourself back. Right. Uh, which is again something that a lot of people do. They hold themselves back. Yeah. So then, what would you say to somebody who is who feels like they can't do something or they maybe they want to, but maybe they feel like they're not talented enough or they're not good enough? Well, that is a good, very good question. And you are not good enough because you are not trying. Mm. Uh, that's essentially the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a difference between uh, uh, trying to build a rocket, right? Well, uh, no one wakes up and it's a rocket science. Right. No one does. Um, in fact, uh, you know, my kid is going for aerospace engineer. If wow. anyone could do it, then he wouldn't be in school uh, for mm-hmm. that. Um, so it is. You have to learn the skill, mm-hmm. and you can only stop. Well, I don't want to say stop, but you you limit yourself by. Uh, your ability to want it to get it. Mm-hmm. You got to look in the mirror and say, okay, this is what I want to do and this is what I will do to get there. Now, of course, some people wake up and say, well, that's too hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, then again, look in the mirror. You are the problem. Yeah, you're in your own way. And nothing is, uh, unless you win the lotto and you still got to play it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing nothing comes by chance. Everything, yeah. everything is about going out there and doing something that empowers you to get that thing. Definitely. Whether it's a degree, whether it's a job. And again, even the lotto reference, you still got to play it. Yeah, that's so true. I, I like that. I like that. Because it's also, you have to put yourself out there. And I think, too, there's like a fear of failure. And it's like... Okay, so what if you fail? And you know what? The the fear of failure keeps a lot of people back. Yeah. I've, I've failed more than I can count, I can tell you mm-hmm. that. And I'm sure it's the same story with many other people. I failed this many times, you know, they can say. But it is true. If you had nothing but success, mm-hmm. then you don't know when you've won. Mm. You don't know when you've succeeded at something. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like yeah. the reference of good and evil. Well, good, good. You don't know good until you know evil, right? And vice yeah. versa. Um, so it's really all on you. Yeah. I think that's that's a really good point. And I think it holds a lot of fear, holds a lot of people back. And like you said, you're in your own way. 
So it's like get out of get out of your own way, and you can you can succeed. You could do you could do anything. You just have to put you have to put your ego aside. You have to put your fears aside, which is hard. But if you want to get anywhere, you have to. You have to, and of course, uh, having positive people around you too. Yeah, uh, one for of, sure. You know, something that does hold people back is, um, hey, this person. I want to do this. Well, you already have a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you want to do something different? Yeah. Why do you want to grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can never, you can never stop. Bro. Yeah. Whether it's mentally, whether it's on your, you know, in your job career, uh, you should continue. You should ambitious. Should be ambitious enough to want more. Right. You should be ambitious enough enough to want more. Don't let anyone tell you to settle for mm. whatever you are doing. Yeah. Uh, that too is I think people also get or not just people we all get comfortable sometimes and it's and like you say you grow you've reached your goal and then you're there for a while and then it's okay like now I could go further I could get more education but it's like also like okay then I'm gonna have to be uncomfortable with things that I don't know and stepping out it's like taking that leap of faith and that gets tough too. I agree. I, I think one thing that I would recommend to everyone is um, ask for more. And when you ask for more, you will be thrown things or put into an, an opportunity that it's out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the most important aspect is, you know, again, wanting to do something different. Go, go to your boss and say, you know what, uh, this is my job and I thank you for it. But I want more. Give me something else different to do outside of my job description, right? And one of the things that I I tell everyone that that I interview when when I'm hiring people is we are looking for people that are not looking to do what's on the job description. Mm. We are looking for people that are smart enough to do what's on the job description but can bring experience and not necessarily the know-how but the desire to do more than just this What's, yeah. what's on this paper. Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying before when you first started with Fujitsu. Like you might have not had all the experience that they were looking for at the time, but you had character that you developed through the experience you had in the military. And I think if you, you probably have a good read on people too now that you've had that experience and you can tell when people have character or not. So I was like, are you going to hire somebody who has, might check off everything that you have on the list of experience, you know, technical experience that they have, but like, what about who they are as a person? Are they willing to learn? Are they willing to push the boundaries? Like, do they want to, do they want to excel and, and what else are they bringing to the table beside what's like on your checklist? Exactly. I, I will tell you, um, Again, my background, it's it's uh, very versatile with mm-hmm. many of the things that I've done and, and kind of, uh, I don't fit this square peg round hole mold. It, it, again, very different. And I look at uh, all of the employees in Fujitsu and any elsewhere too, um, outside of the job description and outside of their resume. Uh, look at their character. For example, uh, even uh, some of our um, people in-house today, uh, they started in one thing, uh, for example, in our warranty and parts. And uh, we noticed, uh, I noticed that this guy has a, a degree in IT. Mm. Uh, hey, 
let's move him over to IT where he can serve us better. Yeah. Um, we grew many of the individuals because they had the knowledge, they had the experience and the maturity to, to grow or move elsewhere. Uh, so we, again, try not to look at them and, and this mentality, this is what their job is. Right. Uh, what else can, can you bring to the table? What yeah. else can you do? Yeah. Because that's exactly what I did with my boss. Uh, you know, back with uh, with uh, the previous two presidents at, at Fujitsu. Hey, you have a lack of knowledge in this area or you need more resources in here or you need some help in this area. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that before, but I'm willing to give it a try. Yeah. And that is something that I wish more people would would say or do is, hey, let me venture into that. Mm-hmm. Let me let me help you there. Yeah, um, I'll learn as I go, but I, I think I can help. Yeah, and that's just a mark of a good leader too, is being able to see who's working for you and what their talents are and where they could best be serving or yeah, where they could be using their talents. So that kind of goes into another question that I had is how your time in the army shaped your leadership style. Wow, in so many different ways. So like I said earlier, um, you don't have to like who you're working with, but you have to respect them. Mm-hmm. And and that uh, goes into everything that I do uh, as a leader, as a person, uh, but also lead by example. And again, one of those cliches, lead by example. Mm-hmm. But you are surprised how many people actually don't. Right. Um, if I am not willing to do X, then I will not ask you to go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is plain and simple. Um, but also, as a leader, we also have uh, our um, Achilles heels. Everyone does yeah. uh, as a leader. Uh, you could be a micromanager. You, you need to cut that at the source. Uh, I understand the difference between a manager and a leader, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone should understand the, the difference between a manager and a leader. But our job day to day is to make sure that the job is getting done. That's a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a leader, we have to mentor. We have to motivate. Uh, we have to uh, find ways to get our people to get 110% to give us 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the things that uh, you learn um, the more you manage people. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I will tell you uh, as a leader, and I've always said this and I say this to my team, uh, you have to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, if everybody hates you, you're the problem mm-hmm. as the leader. If everybody likes you, you are the problem as a leader because mm-hmm. that means you are too lenient. Mm-hmm. You are not holding people accountable. Yeah. You got to have a balance. Yeah. Um, and that is the probably the hardest. Yeah. How to keep people happy without um, them getting upset at the fact that well, you didn't deliver, mm-hmm. or pointing out their shortcomings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'll be surprised how many people think they are giving it a hundred and ten percent when you know they are not. Right. Um, so those are some of the things that you have to be able to do as a leader is hold people accountable. Yeah. Um, you like it's so easy we said before you can be in your own way and I know like we were just talking about how before we started recording how we were both getting our masters and um and I'm in English so one thing that we have to do is a lot of peer review so um I could be right I can write a story or like a narrative and we just had something we wrote 
these like nonfiction pieces based on experience, um, some kind of experience that we've had. And um, like after you submit it, I'm, I, I'm kind of like, okay, like I think that was pretty good. And I hope that other people like it. I think that they'll like it. I think they'll, I think it was, a, I think it was good. I thought I did well. And then you get the feedback back and you realize, and then they start pointing out all the things that could be better. And it's very eye opening, but at the same time, it's like, okay, it's necessary and it makes sense. And it's humbling. And, um, like I said, it is necessary because you don't see what you can't see because you're only seeing what you see. Correct. So you need other eyes to be able to see, to be able to, to be able to see what you can't. Yeah. The holes. So all that to say, (laughs) well, um, how can you improve if you don't know where? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, It's one of the, uh, I'll call it, uh, trainings or um, thoughts of knowledge is, of course, process improvement. Mm-hmm. How to be better? Yeah. Uh, as an engineer, we our dedication is always process improvement, making today better than it was yesterday. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are not able to accept critique, now critique could be could be. Uh, you know, misrepresented, mm-hmm. right? Don't don't accept critique from social media, right? Oh, uh, no. Which is why I don't have social media, yeah. um, not because of the critique, but uh, um, I just don't believe in in having people in my affairs unless it's my family mm-hmm. and my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find me on LinkedIn. That's about it. Yeah. But again, uh, to improve, to become a better leader, a better person you must be able to accept critique. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, it, it has to be a good critique. People, Some people will critique just because mm-hmm. they are not happy with themselves. Uh, they don't want to look in the mirror. Uh, but those that you value, uh, ask them. Uh, I, I ask, uh, and it doesn't have to be during um, an evaluation period. I ask my supervisor, my boss, the president, hey, what can I get better at mm-hmm. today? Uh, when I do my evaluations with my team, I ask my team, "Where? What can I do better? Mm-hmm. You know, tell me what am I doing wrong, or anything that I need some coaching on." Yeah, uh, being able to ask those questions and then improve on that. Yeah, that's really important to be proactive in your growth and not waiting for somebody to tell you what you're doing wrong. To be like. Am I doing anything wrong? Or, yeah, where can I improve? That's a really good point. By then, it's usually too late. You've offended someone. Yeah, you're doing something wrong at this point. Yeah, but that's. Exactly. I think that's great, too, for people who are in the HVAC trade um, because there is a lot of... There is a lot of... learning and um, skill and craftsmanship that is involved. So, and apprenticeship also and training. So there's always something to learn and to be receptive to critique and feedback will only make you better. Granted, like we said on social media, sometimes it's not always accurate feedback. So you have to take things with a grain of salt, which we've discussed in other podcasts. It comes up a lot because it's just so it's, it's such a, a big thing in the industry now, but, um, yeah, it's a great point. Except feedback. Yeah. Gotta, you have to be able to decipher what a good, critique or feedback is versus 
just a, a personal critique. Yeah. You know, um, personal attacks, completely different. But if someone says, well, your flaring needs some improvement, mm -hmm. maybe look at it. Right? Yeah. Uh, your installation is subpar. Um, don't take that as offense. Mm -hmm. Maybe look at it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you go back to that house and say, well, I could have done a better job. Right. Uh, you know, but usually, usually, uh, is uh, people go into the f you know fight or flight mode. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and usually, um, getting defensive is the first the first thing most people do when yeah. they hear a critique or feedback. Yeah. Um, not that it's wrong, but yeah, because you know. it's like. It's almost, it, it does feel personal, I think, at first. You were just like, that hurt. That hurt my ego. We go back to the ego. Like, that yeah. hurt my yeah. pride. Like, it just, it doesn't feel great at first. But then when you realize that, okay, like, this is only to make me better, and I don't have to run into this mistake again, then I think you're... Agree. You're on your way. <laughs> so then you were just talking about, too, how you ask your team in areas that you can improve. How has the Army's culture of teamwork influenced the way you direct your team now? Well, um, so the answer, I, I'd say there are two answers to that uh, because in the military, uh, rank is everything. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, learning and understanding uh, authority and, and when uh, your boss says, this is where you're going, this is how you're gonna do it, um, you can provide feedback, and if they tell you, I don't care, this is the way it's gonna go, then as a soldier, uh, you need to understand your marching orders, and this is what you will do. Mm -hmm. um, as a leader, of course, in, a, in I'll call it a corporate setting, it is a little different. You have to have uh, tact. You have to get them to do what you need them to do. Uh, but in a way, you have to, uh, and, I, and I hate saying it, but you have to make it sound like it's rewarding for them. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a leader, never be forceful. Never, um, again, ask someone to do something you are not willing to do. Right. Uh, but also um, be polite. Mm -hmm. There are cans, there are pleases, there are um, many soothing words mm -hmm. that you can use to get someone to do your bidding and, and they feel like they are doing you a favor, they are rewarding themselves by doing it. Yeah. And being able to do that, uh, it's something that I've been, uh, I'll call it learning on the job. Mm -hmm. It wasn't necessarily because of the military. Again, the military is more like, I tell you to do it and right. just you're not do choice, it. You're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in, in corporate America, this is where you, you kind of learn that. I, I mm -hmm. will tell you though, that they do transition uh, well, at least some of the, the the skills that you learn in the military. Again, teamwork. Yeah. Uh, teamwork um, is is essential. Uh, you can't fight a war by yourself. Um, you know, only Rambo and that doesn't exist, right? right. And he still died at the end. Mm -hmm. um, you have to have a team, and to build a team, uh, one of the beauties about uh, in the military. You have people, you have individuals with weapons near you, literally next to you, mm -hmm. in the tank. And if they have a bad day, it can go postal. Right. Uh, so you one of the leadership mentalities is okay, you can be you can be hard on your team, but you have to know that these individuals 
they they do have a heart they do have egos they have their own personalities so breaching that and again driving your point across getting them to do what you need to do is essential Mm -hmm. um again you don't have to like each other but you have to work with each other you have to respect each other yeah Uh, so i think those are one of the some of the qualities in the military that we all learned uh is that um you can be hard uh but once your directions, your order have been given and they follow through, then you bond with mm-hmm. the team. And then you let them know why you need it to be that way, why your decision was to overrule or, or ask them to do X. Yeah. So what I'm getting to is that communication is a big thing. You have to let them know when they are screwing up, mm-hmm. uh, be nice about it, uh, but uh, firm enough that they understand and they know that you are serious. Yeah. Uh, again, it goes back to as a leader, if everyone likes you, you are the problem. That means you are lenient. Mm-hmm. And if everybody hates you, you are the problem. Right. You're a jerk. Right. Uh, you have to have a good balance in that. So if whoever's listening, if you have a high turnover rate, take that into consideration. <laughs> and at, funny enough, here at Fujitsu, we have a very, in fact, our uh, turnover rate is lower uh, than 4%. Yeah. I was saying a lot of people, people have been here for a while, which is great. When I first started and I, and I heard that it's, it's not something, I mean, you don't want to hear that people are leaving left and right every, every day. So it's definitely people a good leave thing. for money or mm-hmm. they leave because management sucks. Yeah. And I can tell you, uh, with so many people here, 20 plus years doing their jobs, uh, being rewarded for it, mm-hmm. it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. Leadership matters. Yeah. It definitely does. So what's the biggest lesson you have learned during your time in the Army? Oof. Life will throw you Mm curveballs. Many. Uh, And you have to be ready to pivot. Uh, You have to be able to adapt. Uh, Again, uh, six bases in almost six years. Um, Be flexible. Yeah. Uh, It is something that uh, a lot of times... I want what I want, when I want it. Uh, that mentality will get you nowhere. Right. You have to be, you have to be able to adapt, uh, pivot as needed, um, and of course rely on others. Mm. Uh, don't think you have to do it yourself. Uh, with a good team, good coworkers, uh, good partners, I, I think you will get to the same goal you were going to get to by all by yourself. Yeah. Uh, but you can get there sooner, mm. uh, more efficient, faster, uh, and be a better person and have a better team overall. Yeah. That reminds me of the quote, man plans and God laughs. Well, that's a different story. <laughs> well, going along with what you said about like we, yes, like, yes, like you, you have to be able to pivot because you don't know what's going to happen. Correct. Uh, yes. If uh, if you want to make God laugh, make plans. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you still have to plan, right? Yeah. Yeah. If not having a plan is planning to fail. Mm. Uh, and that's uh, that's one word, or at least one phrase that everyone should probably take heed to. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, oh, to my uh, military folks out there, again, uh, good job. Uh, we thank you for your service. Uh, and we hope to see you in Fujitsu one way or another. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thank you so much for, for being on.